Great. My name's uh, Dan. I'm part of the leadership team here at the church. It's great to uh, be with you this morning, whether you're watching online or whether you're in the room. Uh, it's a great uh, pleasure. And we're uh, currently in a series um, looking at what it means for us to be family, as it's already been said. We've lived through the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, and we've seen the expression of church change completely. Um, and as we begin to meet again, and as we start to look to the future, we wanted just to spend some time, take this opportunity to, to reimagine what church looks like and how, as, as we demonstrate church to those around us, how we can impact the culture around us, how we can impact your friends, your family, your work colleagues. I've been enjoying this series. I hope you have too. Uh, we've just been away uh, for a few weeks um, and got back this week and spent time just catching up on the messages. Uh, I found Steve's preach on what it means to be a second chance people just so helpful and challenging and, and encourage you to listen to that. And, and last week, Hannah... Um, as always, isn't she just growing? Every time she preaches, I'm on the, the, the presence of God and, and just the authority she speaks with. And as she shared what it is for us to be a holy people, again, I just found, um, I challenged again and, and found God speaking so clearly. So do catch up on those messages. And today, um, I'm going to look at what it is for us to be a restful family. Um, and I deliberately picked this one um, as we were planning this session because I knew that I was just going to be coming back after uh, three weeks off. Um, so I felt like God is going to teach me what it is to be restful over that time. Um, and we, uh, we had a great time. Uh, we, got to, uh, we, we spent some time on a farm and had a lot of fun and, uh, and then went to the beach in Devon and enjoyed making many sandcastles and... Um, Reuben, we ate far too many ice creams, didn't we? Lots of ice cream got eaten. Um, but as I was reflecting on what it means for us to be a restful family, um, we, we're in a culture that is, I believe, so, um, so at burnout. And, and my, my conclusion over the last year and a half during COVID is I think as Christians, we can be the least restful in society. Um, and I think what we found was what happened in COVID is suddenly all activity was cut out. And there was some stuff that we missed. There was some stuff that we didn't. But I think what we found was that, man, we were tired. I don't know who else found, found that. And, and I just found multiple people saying to me, um, oh, you know, I, I didn't realize how busy I was. You know, we live in this world where we are con more connected than ever. And it's a great joy that we can connect with people on, on Zoom on the 17th across the world. And we've been able to keep in touch with family and friends and technology has been vital. But it also means that we are uh, busier than ever. We uh, can log on to work at any hour of the day. We, you can work evenings and weekends now if you work from home. There might be a pressure to do that. We, uh, our phones become the thing that we turn to. First thing in the morning, the first thing you do, we turn to our phones. It's the last thing we turn to at night. You can spend evenings and weekends just wasting the your whole weekend on series on Netflix. Um, and, and we got to this point where we are living in a culture of burnout. And I think it's infiltrated into the church as well. Too many of us work to exhaustion. Ho hoping it will just be a season. 
You're like, oh, it's a, we're having a busy season. It becomes a, a bit of a badge of honor, I think. Uh, I have far too many emails that start with the words, hi, Dan, I know you are busy. <laughs> okay, I'm busy. Almost like that is, you know, how are you doing? Oh, well, I'm busy. Almost like if we're busy, then our lives have meaning and worth. Too many of us spend time guilty that we don't spend enough time with Jesus. We don't have the time to fit it in. But we don't know how to live any other way. There are some of us here who rest too much. I'm not going to look at anybody. I'll get onto that later as well. And this series about us, This Is Us, this is about how we can demonstrate something that is radically different to the world around us. And I believe that rest... And the way we rest can be a key marker of which kingdom we are part of. And so to help us understand what it is for us to be a restful family, I want to look at what the Bible says about rest. And then I want to just give you some thoughts of what I've been reflecting on about how we can embrace rest in a healthy, life-giving way. We don't have to go far in the Bible to find rest. God creates the universe. Uh, we read about it in the book of Genesis. And, and right at the start of the Bible, we see he creates everything in those six days. The end of the sixth day, he looks at all that he has created. And he sees it is very good. God is happy with his work. He has created perfection. He doesn't have a need to do any more. Creation is very good. And then we pick up the story in the first passage that I'm going to read to you today. I'm going to jump around a little bit, but hopefully you'll be able to follow me. Uh, Genesis 2, uh, 2 to 3, says, By the seventh day God finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating he had done. God creates everything and then he rests. Now, naturally, we could read this passage and think, well, that's, you know, he rests because, you know, he's, he's created a lot. He's tired. Needs, needs a break. Seems so obvious to say that God is not like me. God has no need to rest. Creating the world did not tire him out. He is everlasting. He never tires. He never has a day off. Every single day, he doesn't tire from saying, will the sun rise? He speaks and the sun rises. He never tires. He did not need to rest. So why did he? God rests. He stops to enjoy all he created. At the end of each day in the creation story, we see he stops. He looks at all he's created and he said, it's very good. He just spends a moment resting saying, wow, this is good. And on the seventh day, he spends a whole day enjoying all he has created. And this is to set a precedent for his people. From the outset, God wanted to show man that he is to work for seven days and then he is to stop and enjoy on the seventh all that he has made. And in stopping and resting, he would receive the rest that he needed to survive. You see, God had no need to rest, but he created us with a need to rest. From the very beginning, God wanted to make it really clear, rest is good for you. So God rests for Adam's sake. And then we find this rest is central to God's people in the Old Testament. We can miss it because it's got a different name, but throughout the, the, new, the Old Testament, it speaks of Sabbath. Sabbath means to stop 
what you were doing before. God creates this rhythm in his chosen people, the Israelites. Six days you're going to work, one day you're going to rest. And in resting, they were showing everyone else, we don't follow who you follow, we follow God, Yahweh. You see, Israel was surrounded by loads of nations who worshipped other gods, mostly created by themselves or by their own suspicions. And God called his chosen nation, Israel, to live different lives to those around them. And as they observed this way of living, you know, six and one, they would be demonstrating that they trusted God to provide for them. They didn't need to work for seven days. God cements this law of Sabbath in, uh, when he gives Moses the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy 5. It says, observe the Sabbath, uh, Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Six day work, one day rest. And here God reminds the Israelites that of what has happened. He has taken them out of slavery. And so what he's saying is every, every week there is gonna, you're going to reenact the freedom that God has given you. In Egypt, in Egypt as a slave you had no rest. God has saved you. He has brought you out of slavery. And you, are, you are free now to rest. And every seventh day you will celebrate that freedom by resting. And so the Sabbath day is then this centerpiece for God's people in the Old Testament. Life orbited around it. Business orbited around it. Worship orbited around it. And it sometimes is hard for us to grasp when we live in this 24-7 world where you can go onto Amazon at any time of the day and you can order something that will arrive at your house the next day. You can go to Tesco and it is always open. It's quite hard for us to imagine. I guess it's a little bit easier after the year and a half we've had. Just think back to the 24th of March or whatever it was, the day after lockdown began, when suddenly we were like, oh, what do we do? Moses reminds his people, God knows best. Rest is good. He, he warns them that what will happen is if they fail to be obedient to God, if they fail to follow this Sabbath law with all the other laws, that they will not enter the rest that God has for them. And throughout the Old Testament, we see God's people failing to embrace this rest. Um, they, it's anything but rest for them. They're constantly moving from land to land. Wars break out. Kings come and go because people fail to be obedient to God. But throughout all of the Old Testament, there is a promise of a rest to come. Throughout the Old Testament, there is a promise of a Messiah who's going to come. Uh, people will experience a far greater, richer rest than the cycle of six and one because they will find rest in the Messiah, in a person. Isaiah 9 describes that one is coming who will be the prince of peace, that God's people will experience rest, than the rest that he has always desired for them, and it will be through a person. Jesus arrives on the scene, 
And in the New Testament, God's people are still following this Sabbath law, six and one, but they're, they're not doing it very well. But there are a few religious people called the Pharisees, and they are very strict about, this, about the Sabbath and following the Sabbath. We read of it in Matthew 12 that Jesus confronts them about this teaching and Jesus comes across a man who needs healing and, and the Pharisees are so strict that they don't even believe a, a person should be healed on a Sabbath. Jesus replies, it is lawful to do good on a Sabbath. Jesus was showing them that they had totally missed the point about the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you, for your enjoyment, for your blessing, for your refreshment. And you have instead made up a load of rules and laws that you don't even want people to be healed on the Sabbath. He then goes and says something very interesting to the, the, the Pharisees in Matthew 12. He says, I tell, you something, I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you'd have known these words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you have not condemned the innocent says in verse 8, Matthew 12, For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. This passage is a game changer when we look at the Sabbath. Because he, Jesus says, yes, you have observed the Sabbath. You have worked for one, uh, worked for six, you've rested for one, but now something even greater is here. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. This promise of this Messiah who would give complete rest is here. Jesus makes it really clear in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is saying, you no longer have to look to the Sabbath. You no longer have to look for this one day to find rest. But instead, I am the promised Messiah who will give rest to anyone who comes to me. If you are feeling weary and burdened today, Jesus says, come to me and find rest. When we are overworked and we are, when our lives are chaotic and when we feel like we can't switch off to the world around us, do we reflect Jesus, his invitation, come to me all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Jesus comes to the earth, he lives as a man, he lives the perfect life in full, total obedience to the law, Two, uh, 613 Old Testament laws, the Ten Commandments, of which the Sabbath is just one of them, he fulfills all the, the perfect law, he lives this life that, that we all fail to live. Every believer has failed to live in complete obedience to the law, and therefore we are in debt to God. The only way to pay this debt is to die. And Jesus goes to the cross, and he dies in our place instead of us suffering for the mistakes we have made. For when we have not rested, Jesus goes to the cross. For when we have gone to burnout and we have ignored the rest Jesus invites us into, Jesus goes to the cross. And at that moment, it's not about us living a life which, which lives up to these perfect demands of the law. Instead, it is about us coming to Jesus and accepting the gift he has given us. And it changes everything. Because instead of having to obey the Sabbath law, instead we come to Jesus and we find our rest. He is our rest and he is our Sabbath. So if Jesus is our Sabbath... 
What does that mean to all that we read about in the Old Testament? Rest is created for us. It's for our own good. It's there for us to enjoy all that God has created, for to remember what he has done in our lives. But what does this rest look like? You know, you'll still find uh, devout Orthodox Jews. They won't use anything electronic on a, on a Sabbath because if they press a button, that will be seen as work. In Israel, between Friday night and Saturday, from sundown to sundown, everything shuts down. Nothing gets done because everything has changed. Now, as followers of Jesus, what does it mean if we believe our rest is found in Jesus and not in a Sabbath day? Does the arrival of Jesus mean that God no longer cares about the Sabbath? Does he still want us to experience Sabbath rest? Well, God created the Sabbath. He's as serious as it, about it as now as he was at creation. Hebrews 4, 9 to 11 makes it really clear. It says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their, their example of disobedience. It is this Sabbath rest too that is still to remain. And we are called to enter that rest. So what does that rest look like? I just want to briefly share some thoughts and then we'll respond in worship. Firstly, rest is about connecting with God and his people. Your chief priority on a Sabbath is to connect with God and encounter Jesus. Sabbath rest restores our soul as we look forward to and experience a foretaste of what is to come. We rest amongst all the rubbish and hard bits of life now. As we do that, we build anticipation and a hope of what is to come. When it comes to Sabbath and rest, find out what helps you connect with God. Read your Bible, pray, have silence, go for walks, listen to music, do whatever, it, whatever you need to to encounter Jesus. We find our rest in him. He is our main source of rest. So do you look to Jesus for your rest or do you look to other things? Is your main source of rest sat in front of a TV or sitting in a coffee shop with friends, playing computer games? They're all good things, but they're not our primary source of rest. Jesus is. Spend time with him to refresh and re-energize you. And our rest is found in Jesus. We do not have to work at six and rest one. The Sabbath is no longer binding because Jesus has brought full fulfillment in the Sabbath and we find our rest in him. We can experience rest in Jesus because he brings rest all the time as we live in close relationship with him. And it means that I can come to Jesus even amongst my busyness and I can find rest. And that means that what happens to the Sabbath day is it shifts from a category of law that we must do to a category of wisdom that we probably should do. Remember why God blessed the Sabbath. It's because we need rest. As God gives the Israelites the law, it is a father speaking to his children. They have come out of slavery. They have been working seven days a week and he is giving them the Sabbath and he is saying, I love you and because I love you, I'm going to bless you with a day off. Enjoy it. It's for your good and without rest, you will hurt yourself. It's no longer an issue of law, but of wisdom. God is not imposing a rule and saying, you must have a day off or else. 
But he knows us. He knows us best. And he knows us that when we become tired, we become angry, we become disillusioned, we become frustrated, we become disappointed. What a blessing a day off is. Why would you not want to accept it? Accept it and use it in the right way. As a family, we have a a Sabbath day that we build into our weekly diary, a whole 24 hours when work ceases. And this is so important because planned rest, your holidays, your can be cancelled. Don't need to tell you that after the last year and a half. Things can change, but what happens with a Sabbath is every seven days it comes around. We just get the choice whether we're going to embrace it. When we do, and it becomes this day of rest for us, it becomes a habit that does us good. And one of the things about Sabbath is, and one of, one of the things I would encourage you when it comes to a day of rest, is it should be rest from normal activity. Do you remember what I referred to when I said about the Sabbath earlier? It is to stop what you were doing before. If every day looks the same for you, then you are either not doing enough or you are doing too much. Taking time to spend with God and rest from normal activity is really important. Now, that isn't just paid employment. On our Sabbath, we, we try and avoid as much as possible what we would class as work. The washing machine doesn't go on. We don't do DIY or household tasks. It, it does mean that the night before our Sabbath, it's a busy evening as we are getting all the jobs done so we can rest and enjoy freedom on the following day. Now, use your wisdom with this. Don't get caught up in rules. I have two young children. There are still some things in the household that need doing. Do not worry, their nappies still get changed on our day of rest. The pots still need washing. But what we try and do is limit as much as possible what is seen as work so that we can delight in God and enjoy the good things that he has given us. Take time to work out what resting from normal activity looks like for you. Plan it into your schedule. Chat about it with your family and your friends. Get ideas of how it might work with you. Because the danger about a Sabbath is that we can, we like to create rules. Now, sometimes this can be important. Deciding to, on a certain day, you're going to switch your phone off, you're going to not watch the TV, could be a great way of resting. If you're on social media, I would highly recommend you have a whole day where you don't touch it. But what happens is we can begin to make Sabbath and rest about fulfilling a set of rules and we can miss the whole point of the Sabbath. It is for our blessing and it is for our enjoyment. It's a gift from God. When you give a child a gift, they don't get hold of it and go, okay, so tell me how to play with it. No, they just enjoy it. The danger is if we make rest about rules, we impose those rules on other people as well. You start to say, well, I I rest on a Sunday. I can't believe they do their food shop. Or, you know, we start to say, oh, well, uh, man, we, we could, what, that's, that's rest. I can't believe they do that. They've rang me on a Sabbath. And we start to make it all about rules. Paul in Romans 14 speaks about how God gives us freedom to apply wisdom into our own lives. For some of you, Sunday is a day of rest. For others, it might be Tuesday. Or others, it might be Friday. God is more concerned about who we worship than when we worship when it comes to rest. It's more important we have times of rest rather than argue about how we do it. Different people will need different times of rest. We all need regular time to be in God's presence. But it will look different for each of us. For some, you're in a season where you need to rest a lot. 
For others, actually, you don't need as much rest. For others, you might be in a prolonged season of rest and you just because of ill health and you just want to do more. There is grace in this season. God is in every single season. Different stages of life or different stages of health will govern what rest looks like. Seek wisdom when making decisions about how you use your time and be confident in saying no to people when you know you need to rest. But when it comes to rest, invest your time well. You may have noticed why I've constantly spoken about six days of work and one day off. Now, for many of us, we have more than one day off if you're in paid employment. During the Old and New Testament times, people worked for six days and they rested for one. This remained for almost 2,000 years until the, it only changed sort of mid-19th century. And it wasn't commonplace in, in our country until the early 1900s. We spent some time on a farm recently and they, they work hard. <laughs> Having two days off is such a blessing if our employers give us two days off. It's double what God prescribed. So how do you make the most of your time off? Do you, are you a good steward of that time? Do you invest it wisely or you do, do you take the blessing for granted and waste it? How, you might be thinking, well, there are no rules. You've said the Sabbath is... There's no rules for this, so I don't have to answer to anyone. And I actually can use rest as an excuse to be lazy. God's example is six days of work, one day of rest. Not one day of work and six days of rest. God calls us to work. And yes, it's going to be hard. Genesis 3 tells us that that is a result of our own sin. But we are to work and do a good job. Are you worshipping God through your work? whether that is employment, whether that is at the home, whether it's, in, whether it's volunteering or helping others? Are you investing your time and your skills and your energy well, or have you become lazy? If you have a lot of spare time in this season, are you honoring God with it? We need to work to enjoy the fruits of rest. And as we rest, we give people around us a foretaste of what is to come. The Sabbath rest was a, to be a witness to the other nations. And as we rest, we demonstrate that we have a God who gives us good gifts. As we rest, we have faith to say, actually, I can stop for a moment. And when I rest, the world keeps spinning. When we run around panicking and stressed, we just say we're as busy and we don't trust God as much as anyone else. The way we work and the way we rest should point people to Jesus. And as we rest, we eagerly anticipate what is to come. God promises that he would give Israel rest from their enemies. We will all face enemies, whether that is people, whether it is sickness, whether it is poverty or anything else. And as we rest, we put our trust in Jesus that he has defeated sin and death. The biggest enemies of all. He has delivered us from slavery. One day our rest will be complete. We'll no longer battle illness. We will no longer have financial burdens, have family disputes. But we will enjoy God's presence like never before as we experience the new earth in all its perfection. We will still work. The Bible is clear that we, we will still need to work when the new heavens and the new earth come about. It will be like in creation. 
but it will no longer face the struggles and the difficulties that we experience now. We will be at peace, worshipping and serving God. And that is what true rest is. And in Jesus, we find this guarantee of what is to come. Would the band join me? So our true rest is only found in Jesus. If you're not a Christian today, I want you to know that no matter who you look to or what you do, only in Jesus will you find your true rest. You can try and get your life together. You can try and make the right decisions. You can sleep well. You can eat well, but it will not save you. Only when you invite Jesus into your life will he bring the rest that you, uh, sorry, only when you bring Jesus into your life will he bring the rest that you need as you experience his forgiveness and as he starts to transform your life. Jesus comes to bring rest today. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. If you know Jesus today, are you finding your rest in him? Are you getting the rest you need? Are you looking to Jesus or are you looking to other things to give you rest? This is not a set of rules, but as we finish, I just want to give us a moment, just a quiet space to rest on Jesus. Maybe where you are now, why don't you just close your eyes and just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Just allow, maybe life feels chaotic right now. And then we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit would come and bring you peace and rest. Maybe you just, your life, you need some wisdom from the Holy Spirit about how you can apply rest into your life. Maybe you need to do more to experience the fullness of God's rest. Or maybe you need to do, change some things in able to, to be enabled to rest more. Maybe you're too comfortable right now. Or maybe you're working too hard. Maybe you're lazy or maybe you're really stressed. Maybe you're pushed to the limits or you're irresponsible with your time. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So let's just spend a moment of quiet just to rest into Jesus. Lord, you said, come to me, all who are burdened, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. And Lord, we pray for each of us here today, each of us in the room, each of us at home. Lord, you know the situation we are each in, but Lord, I do pray you would come and speak to us and minister to our hearts right now. Just come and bring rest. We don't want to look to the things of this world to bring us rest. But we want to be people who are filled by the Spirit, enjoying being yoked to you, as that passage says, and enjoying the fullness of life that you give. You said that you have come to bring life in its fullness. We don't want to be people who are running around like crazy. We don't want to be people who are just stressed all the time. We don't want to be people who are just so anxious by all that is going on in life. But we want to be people who spend time in your presence. And from that, from a place of rest, are able to demonstrate what it is to have a king who is seated on a throne in charge of all things. 
that as people see us and see the way we live our lives, they would see people who are deeply abiding in you, as it says in John 15. Maybe we people who deeply abide in you, and in you we would find life in its fullness. Just come by your spirit now. Bring rest to those who are weary. For those beaten down by life, would you come by your spirit now and bring rest? For those who are ill, would you come and bring rest and healing? For those who are tired, would you come and restore? For those who are hanging on, would you come with your mighty hand and lift them up? For those wanting to give up, would you come and strengthen? Would you come and give us rest as we abide in you today?